The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Don Khirika on SAFM. Always phones open 0891-104207. Now, the Women's Alliance of the Black Business Council celebrates its first anniversary. They've partnered with the UN Women South Africa and hosted a webinar today on gender-responsive public procurement. We're joined by Judy Nkwedi, chairperson of the Black Business Council Women's Alliance. Judy, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me and good evening. Was it a successful webinar today? The webinar today uh, was not only successful, I think, um, you know, our our special guest today was the Minister for Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, who also is a very serious leader within the National Command Centre. And I think her candid revelation and disclosure of what is going on in her department is what attributed a great level of success to our webinar today. What did she say? Help us out. If she we... said numerous things. Firstly, she talked about uh, some of the stats, which I think is very important. It, it allows us to focus the mind. I mean, she re-emphasized what, what we as women and activists and women in business know, that women um, earn 30% less than men, and women with uh, no education and 50, 54% less than men. So that, of course, gives you an idea immediately of the gender gap when it comes to pay parity. Now, did you know in some countries it is a crime to pay women less than men for doing the same work? It has been made illegal. So this gives you an idea of where other countries have gone with regard to a gender inequality and how they have sought to remedy the inclusion of women uh, from an economic empowerment point of view. But I think what was, what was more telling for us uh, as the Black Business Council was the way in which the minister applied her mind to the questions that we asked. And the questions we asked were, in your department, what percentage of your budget goes to black women-owned businesses? And what percentage of your budget is disaggregated for sex? So she revealed some of those numbers to us today as well. Help us out there. Let's, uh, don't leave me on tenterhooks. Okay. <laughs> uh, some of the, the facts around her department was that um, in 2017, admittedly, it's three years ago, mm-hmm. 31.5% of all public sector procurement was directed at women. Today, in her department, uh, less than 10% of the budget goes towards uh, women, uh, women-owned women businesses when it comes to public sector procurement. Okay, hold on. So, so you're saying it's 20%? Uh, it's not 20%. 10% down. in 2020. 20, 10, 10% less now? Less than 10%. In 2020, of her budget yeah. is directed at women-owned businesses. But it was 31% in 2017. Overall, overall, yes, 31% across government departments. Okay. But today she unpacked mm. her department. She also talked to the fact that, um, which is what the president also said, which in fact is what the Black Business Council had asked for, was... Can we get this aggregated data when it comes to 
women-owned businesses? And can we have a further unpacking of that data so that it gives you a sense or a picture of how many black women-owned businesses mm. are beneficiaries? And we have deliberately posed these leading critical questions to government because we know the data is not readily available. What the minister also said, um, which, you know, many people are very um, despondent and don't believe these things and feel it's all talk and talk and talk. But at the end of the day, you know, yes, it is about talking and it is about critical conversations and it is about getting in the way of corruption and practices that are um, unfair and unjust. Because if we sit back and we say nothing, then things continue, which we can't allow to happen. So we are in, I mean, in terms of, of women and change in society, not only in South Africa and globally, things have moved very, very slowly. And what we do know is that men, jealously guard their power Mm. and they do not want to share that power. They guard it even when it comes to other men. So when you're in power, you want to remain in power and if another man dares to challenge you around your position of power, you will put up one serious fight. So where do we as women stand a chance of winning this battle when we challenge men around not sharing the power, but actually giving up the power because so much of male power has been detrimental to global progress. Yeah, we're seeing some of the some of the women-run countries are handling the COVID situation so much better, aren't they? Well, yes, and, and people obviously have made very snide remarks because this is <laughs> what you always encounter, mm. that when you raise the issue of the performance or exemplary performance, of women, it always has to be uh, reduced, reduced to all kinds of um, borderline defamatory, highly sexist comments. Some of the comments you would have heard around countries like Iceland and Denmark and New Zealand, where you have women hold, where you have women in, 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 in leadership as well. Oh, those are small countries. You can't compare those countries to a South Africa. Um, then when you look at Germany, for instance, which is one of the leading economies in the world, then they will say, well, you can't compare South Africa to Germany because it's very different. But if we engage with the idea, not the idea, the reality is that it doesn't matter whether the country's small or, or not so big and whether it doesn't have the same development indicators as us as South Africa. The fact of the matter is that in those countries, women are dramatically changing the lives and the futures of their citizens. Judy, as the chairperson of the Black Business Council Women's Alliance, you're talking about those laws. Countries have laws where it's illegal for men and women to be paid differently. Are you in? The question is, why don't we have those laws? And do you think they will ever happen in this country? Well, never say never, as we say. <laughs> So um, at the moment, the focus of the BBC, um, the Black Business Council's Women's Alliance program is that we are wanting to follow the money because we know that one of the single most important levers of change 
in terms of how do you protect women is when you put cash in the hands of women. If you just think of the, 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 the women, you, you can imagine, you can in your mind conjure up the images that you've seen of women, grandmothers, queuing for their, their benefits at the end of each month. I mean, what a tragic state to, to just see our grannies queuing from four, five o'clock in the morning where we could use technology today, but be that as it may. When you look at what that social grant does and how it feeds families, educates families, looks after the healthcare of families, we know that every 10 rand in the hands of women protect women and protect their families. So this is what the BBC's um, focus is at the moment. And of course, when you go along the value chain of women's financial inclusion, women's economic empowerment, then at some stage, yes, we will be calling for unpaid, unpaid work to be paid because COVID once again has demonstrated clearly how women, um, now that they have to work remotely, have been bearing the brunt of unpaid work in the household. And yes, I I personally look forward to the day where it will be illegal for any government department and any company to pay women and men differently for the same work. My guest is the chairperson of the Black Business Council Women's Alliance, Judy Nkwedi. Uh, what's your views on this? I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit with Judy in a moment, uh, and I'm going to throw some questions at her. Uh, from a man's angle, that, that sexist man, I'm going to ask those questions because I can imagine there are one or two men sitting there, Judy, saying, uh, and, uh, well, let, let me hold the thought. Let me hold the thought, and I'll ask you that question in a moment. Uh, give us a call. 0891-104-207 is the number. Uh, you can also SMS 413. Keeping an eye on that. Uh, What are your thoughts on men and women's payments at the moment and uh, this procurement, government procurement? Cyril Ramaphosa saying that 40% will be set aside of public procurement for women owned businesses. As you heard in Cogta, I've got to get that right. In Cogta, Cogta, only only 10%. So how will that change? Looking forward to having this conversation. Uh, As I said, Judy and Kuwaiti will be joining us. I'm going to talk to her in a moment and play devil's advocate. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.3 FM in Uppington. Call SAFM right now on 0891 104 207. It's The Viewpoint on SAFM. John Kerike in for Songhezo this evening. My guest is Judy Nkwedi, chairperson of the Black Business Council Women's Alliance. Let's take a call. Let's go to Uppington with Aisha. Evening, Aisha. Good evening, John, and to the listeners and and to Judy. I, I just need Judy to, uh, to, to clarify something for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they are asking for 40% of procurement. Now, I just needed to explain to me if I'm understanding this correctly. Procurement is when you provide a service for for the government and then they pay you. Is that what she's talking about? Is that what it means, Judy? Yes, it's the buying and selling of goods and the buying and selling of services. Okay, so if the, okay. So if the what government the president announced was president announced, president announced on Sunday 
and, uh, and allow me to quote, he said, the first action is to expand the access of women to economic opportunity. We, as in we, the president and the government, will do, amongst other things, by setting aside 40% of public procurement for women-owned businesses. Uh, we, were, we had called for 30%. <laughs> Some of us had wanted 50%, but the president came and made the announcement on Sunday that it's going to be 40%. So that is one one that is a serious commitment mm. and our role now as women's organizations in this country is to hold each and every government department accountable. We need to be diplomatically aggressive as we relentlessly pursue the delivery of this commitment. Nothing for nothing we have to fight for what we want. Aisha? Okay. And uh, now uh, John I, I don't want to give you your, your airwaves, but I, I I just want to ask Judy something. One one other thing, Judy, you now ask for for, for procurement, but but what about funding proposals? That doesn't fall under procurement. We we're going to get onto that, Aisha. Don't go away. There's there's plenty to talk about when it comes to that. So just hang on. We'll get onto those questions now. Okay, Aisha. Aisha in Uppington, thank you very much. We're going to talk about all the financing and all that in a moment. Uh, I just want to play devil's advocate, Judy. Uh, 40% sounds great. Great number. Do we have enough female businesses to be able to do that? Um, I was expecting a question like that. Um, uh, my, my response to you would be the men who get this, who currently win business, uh, some of them have almost zero qualifications. Um, and, and this is part of what we find uh, in, in, in the way in which women show up and men show up. Men will show up and say, I would like to do the following. The capability and the competency of the man is never questioned. But when women show up and they say, this is what I want to do, we are asked questions like, do you have a track record? Do you have the capability? Do you have the competency? And the question you ask, are there enough of you? And just within the Black Business Alliance, uh, we have a database of women. When it comes to, um, so yes, uh, we, we can demonstrate that we are able to field you Black-owned businesses, um, women-owned businesses who can do the work. Uh, and just quickly, the last thing on procurement before we move on to other topics. Um, according to your webinar today, only 7% of uh, procurement is done nationally. There's the local procurements. Who is going to be watching that? And will this filter down, this 40%, will this filter down to provincial and to local governments? We as the Black Business Council are adamant that Delivery needs to happen at a local level. So your local municipalities is where the rubber hits the road. And this is where women are poorest. So we have to change that dynamic. And we have to partner as the Black Business Council with other organizations, women's organizations, farm worker organizations, rural women and township women organizations, so that we can hand in hand with these organizations, put pressure on uh, all spheres of government so that it trickles down 
from the top right to the bottom. And we do know as well that, that some of the weakest areas of delivery is at a local government level. So whether it doesn't matter where you live, service delivery, the cold face is at the local government level. And so we focus a lot of our attention at what goes on at the union buildings and, the, and parliament in Cape Town. And yet the failure to deliver happens at that local municipal level. So that's what we've got to change. All right, and we've let, got to fight for that change. Let's talk about what Aisha was talking about, uh, the financing of, of especially black-owned women's business, uh, making banking simpler, and, and part of all of that is making technology ac- accessible. It's all very well saying, well, you, you need to, 40% of procurement's great, but can you please apply for it online or something? It, it all just falls apart, doesn't it? Yes, of course, uh, connectivity and, and access to Internet um, is, is a serious problem. And, and you know, when, when you look at uh, 52% of women are poor and the number changes dramatically when you're looking at poverty in female-headed households in rural areas, then that statistic is 74.8%. But we can't, you know, at the moment we don't have the kinds of uh, uh, bandwidth. Um, we still, you know, there's a big debate going on around the spectrum, uh, the making spectrum available, taking us into a 5G um, uh, space. So my, my view is that you, we can't say that because there's lack of internet facilities, we can't do this. We have to find other innovative ways of making these facilities and services accessible to women. And there are models all over the country where this works. So, um, you know, and the biggest problem, we, we discuss this all the time, you can have a device, you can have data, but if you don't have electricity, <laughs> yeah, good point. then you can't access then you can't access all of this. So this is where you then realize how the intersections of all these services either makes our lives miserable or some of us can transact. Even today on our call, uh, one of our Black Business Council um, executives, uh, she's an architect, she works for Brawl. She had to go to a friend's house because she had no electricity. And she lived in one of the... Uh, dare I say it, um, you know, one of the top suburbs in the country. So this thing, the lack of electricity and the lack of access also cuts across Mm. all classes and races. So um, the ability for women to access funding is serious. And the president, again, in his uh, sort of Rubicon speech on, on Women's Day on Sunday, made a commitment uh, that, that went along the lines of that, that rural women have to be uh, capacitated and we need to facilitate ways in which rural women can participate. And, and this is where NGOs come in and they can play a, a fundamental groundbreaking, innovative role. And there are many models across Africa and and in India, countries similar to ours, Mexico, where there are models of how you are able to uh, hold the hands of women and facilitate the grant grant application, the filling in of forms, 
and the facilitation of unlocking funding that is available so that we don't have situations where funding is available and then it's not spent and it's then rolled over mm. uh, financial year after financial year. My guest is Julian Kwedi, uh, chairperson of the Black Business Council Women's Alliance. You're listening to SAFM leading the conversation. Let's go to Rustenburg, KGM. Good evening. Steve, good evening. It's and John. Good evening to your guest. Oh, Jen Kharika. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, KGM. <laughs> Oh man, sorry about that. Right. John, good evening. Good evening to your guest and to the listeners. Look, let me let me put a, a bit of a spanner to this. Uh, Judy, I, I think one of the biggest challenges that um, we generally have as a society is buying into this uh, modern way um, and sophisticated um, divide and rule system. And and I can't help but to to have this pain in the in the depth of my bosom, where it seems like as a country, as a people, as a society, we've bought into this, and and we are busy dividing each other more than we have been divided before. Instead of us creating male or female chauvinistic uh, tendencies by keep on saying women this, men this. Why don't we look at this as as a society, as a community, as a family, as a people? Because here's my, my concern. Some years ago, 10 or so, there, there used to be this take a girl child to school, take a, I mean, to work. And, and there's nobody who has bothered to do a study or a research as to how did that affect or affect the boy child in terms right. of the, the, the seclusion? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut it short. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we're running out of time, KGM, quickly. Yes, but the point that I'm making is, can, can we, when we talk, can we talk holistically? I, I'm, I'm really against this thing of dividing ourselves through sexes. We, we understand the difference, but mm. it seems like, there is nothing that is being recognized that men are doing. And, and to be honest, there are men who are doing good things. I'm one of them. And I, I honestly feel that we are not being appreciated when I listen to the bashing that comes and goes with it. I wish right. I had time, but okay. thanks for taking my call. Thank you, KGM. I know you've got a great answer for this, Judy. Go ahead. There are two schools of thought. And we subscribe to that. And so the one is gender mainstreaming. So the ultimate goal is where we are equal and we can talk as a society as a whole. But at the same time, I've given you the facts, Mm. the gender differentials, where you can see the, the, the stark inequalities around indicators. So we have to correct that. And in order to correct that, we have to have specific targeted interventions but i can share with kg from rustenburg that we ran a pro- we run a we ran a program um around take the girl child to work and this was in an informal area in Dipslut in soweto i actually i run the program and when we heard the boy children complaining and saying we are being left behind the company that I work for, Twervis, which is in the tourism sector, we immediately said we have to now open this up and it is take 
a child to work. And for the last three years, we have been running a program that is inclusive because, and we are not into gender, into gender bashing. Mm. I am the mother of sons, so I understand that, that when you put anyone down, it begins to affect them psychologically. So we don't subscribe to the idea that all men are trash. However, the bad men have to be shown up by the good men because when a good man calls out a bad man, that is where the change occurs. So yes, you have to redress the inequality and that is where you put the spotlight on women and you change the lives of women so that you can have a fairer, equitable system so that when a woman is paid the same amount of money for the same uh, for the same work and when a woman's contribution to the economy is valued, I know by virtue of all the women's organizations that I have worked with over the years and the Black Women's Alliance, this is for a fairer, more transparent society where we all enjoy the fruits of prosperity. Great way to end it. Thank you very much. Judy Nkowedi, Chairperson of the Black Business Council Women's Alliance. And uh, it's uh, food for thought, definitely. Hopefully everything will sort itself out. I was going to uh, go into a little bit more on how much time we've got to be able to sort that out. Is there Are there deadlines put in place to see these changes happening? Hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later.